Do you want a book that will inspire and challenge you? Evangelizing Catholic Culture, New Vision for the New Creation is that book. It's a call for spiritual renewal within the Catholic Church. There's an entire generation of people searching for authentic purpose in their lives who desire to serve the proclamation of the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ and live a rich life of personal holiness. This is an exciting challenge to those who desire to live a deep and rich Christian way of life. Written by Father David Tickerhoof, you are sure to be inspired. Sold on Amazon, in print, and Kindle. Get your copy today. Welcome to the Evangelizing Catholic Culture Podcast Show with your host, Father David Tickerhoof, T-O-R. Father David is a retired priest currently ministering in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania at Our Lady Queen of Peace House of Evangelization. You can find the show notes for each episode on the podcast website, evangelizingcatholicculturepodcast.com. The teachings in this podcast are the thoughts and prayers of Father Tickerhoof and are based upon his good standing in the Catholic Church. And now, here's your host, Father David. For today's show notes, go to Evangelizing Catholic Culture Podcast with Father David Tickerhoof, Episode 46, Connection. Good day. I would like to uh, just go over an overview of what we we were about to do. Uh, we we recorded up we recorded podcast forty six uh, show forty six of trauma and the spiritual life, and we looked at that and discussed that uh, in our last podcast. And now, I'm, what we're looking to do is to talk about the whole notion of uh, connection and in relationships and woundedness and connection in relationships. And we're going to concentrate on that this afternoon in this, uh, in this uh, show. And then we're going to look at the fruits of human and spiritual integration in our third podcast. So what I'd like to do now is to, uh, as you know, we're inviting uh, Margaret Vasquez to be here with us as a guest. She's a trauma therapist and uh, is going to bring out the points that are uh, important for us to understand in terms of the whole notion of connection. So, Margaret, I hope you're doing fine. It's good to have you again. It's always a joy to work with you and be with you in these things. So would you uh, want to uh, begin and talk about this whole notion of connection? Sure. Thanks, Father David. It's good to be here. It's always a pleasure working with you as well. So, um, so the factors of connection, is that, is that what you want me to lay out first? Yes. Uh Okay. So the way I came to, to see it, um, through, I guess at that point I had been practicing counseling, particularly intensive trauma therapy for, for about 12 years. And I started noticing this pattern and the pattern was that if anybody brought up to me an experience that was profoundly beautiful, regardless of their age or whatever demographic factor you could switch up, you know, if their age or their gender or race or cognitive functioning or educational level, you know, just really any factor didn't make any difference. It always ha- 
had to do with a profound sense of connection, either to God, to self, or to others. And when I first noticed that, I thought that was really striking. And then after a few weeks of just kind of marveling at that, I thought, wait, well, what, what comprises this? What makes up this real, you know, this like really important factor of connection? What, what sets the stage for that or creates kind of the climate or the culture for that to happen? And then I thought back over all of these different people who had mentioned these experiences to me. And I noticed these factors of being chosen um, and chosen, I, I would say, like, that somebody purposely and intentionally um, made that choice, that decision to engage with them in a direct and intentional and positive way. And then being known, which I would define as being seen and heard as an individual who's very good. And then being valued, which I would would see as that they were related to um, with an inherent dignity, right? It's like based on their dignity as children of God. It's not that their value was contingent on, you know, what they could what they could do for the other person, but that they just had value simply because they were a human being, you know, because God made them and said they're good, and so for that reason they are. And then the fourth um, factor being boundaries, that their boundaries were respected, and so they had that general sense of safety. And because we're body, mind, and spirit, we get boundaries in all three of those areas, physical, emotional, and spiritual. So those are those are the basic areas of connection, um, because they're such crucial factors for us in a in a very positive way. They're really crucial that they be there. I I came to notice the opposite as well, and that when when trauma happens, when brokenness happens, it actually happens in at least one, if not more, of those same areas. So it really gets us real quickly to the core of what's essential um, to us as human beings um, for, for health spiritually and emotionally and physically, actually. Would you take a, talk just a little bit about the fear and about the fear is the enemy in these uh, areas of connection? Sure. You know, I would, I would look at it like that's, that's really where the role that, well, Definitely the role that the the main role that boundaries play is is that boundaries afford us that sense of of safety and it, it allows us to not feel like we have to be on our guard and protecting ourselves and in that defensive stance, whether even you know physically or emotionally um, or spiritually, which kind of all three of those things always going on but when when fear is is operating. Even on a, I'll put this in even a physical level, cortisol is going on in our body and cortisol is a stress hormone and cortisol actually shuts off the production of oxytocin. So oxytocin is the positive feel good hormone that facilitates love, trust and friendship between people. It's, it's a really a necessary thing. You know, this is how the Lord's wired us, how he's made us on a biological level is for cooperation and collaboration and connection and communion and, and all of those things. And, and so we need that oxytocin. We need love, trust, friendship, even like coursing through, through our veins. Right. 
But when we're in that fear stance, oxytocin is shut off. So even on a biological level, fear shuts off the, the fostering of love and trust and friendship. So even on a very physical level, and certainly we know um, in a, on a spiritual level that perfect love casts out fear. So we know that, that fear and love are, are really opposites. And I see, I would say the same is true of, um, of connection and fear. They're really at odds with each other because when, when fear is there, then all of a sudden we see people pulling back from each other and walling off and, you know, kind of shutting down, not even really able to communicate with each other effectively because they're so tied up. And am I, am I safe or am I not safe? Could you just speak a little bit then about how this applies to the tools of growing in healthy relationships and in, in, in healthy relationships and communication. And could you say some things about that healthy relationship? Sure. Um, well, you know, I think there's, there can be a lot of focus um, can end up being put on communication. There's lots of books and, um, and talks you can find on the internet or, or a lot of books or a lot of time that gets um, put, you know, especially think about businesses, you know, on communication or in relationships on communication. And I think we can struggle with how to communicate with each other when we don't really understand what to communicate. And really the fundamental conversation that's always going on, whether we're consciously aware of it or not, is am I safe or am I not safe? That's always the conversation. It's just our, it's our, um, our inclination towards survival, you know, is am I safe or am I not safe? And so when we, when we take that into account and we think about communicating with each other, then we, we can understand that it's really important to facilitate um, a sense of connection with each other and a sense of safety in order for anything else we communicate to be able to be heard. And so, so how do we do that? So we honor those factors of, of, of connection, right? That, that the others chosen, known, valued, and safe, which essentially would be about boundaries. Right. And so you know, because it's, we're able to have differences in, um, in ideas, we, we can easily disagree with each other without it being a breach of our connection. You know, we might disagree on how we want to go about doing something or what we think should happen in a situation, or, but it doesn't have to breach our connection with each other. We're able to, to disagree, but at the same time still honor who the person is and their goodness and their inherent value and, um, and respect their need for safety and what boundaries they're setting. So then the goal of all of this is uh, an exchange of compassion. So to have a culture of compassion. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, and when we start from a place of recognizing our own dignity and the dignity of others, then we, we're starting from that place of having the mind of Christ in our communication. And so when we can't be communicated well to the Lord in a, and to Christ in a special way or to others unless we experience self-compassion. Can you say a little bit about self-compassion? Sure. Yeah. I just think self-compassion is really, it, 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 in such a way, it's just really the, 
the seed that that all of this comes from and and um you know i i was giving a a talk on a retreat once and was talking about self-compassion and one of the retreatants raised their hand and said isn't that narcissism self-compassion right they were questioning whether self-compassion was narcissism which i was really struck by and i my response was no it's imitation of christ right because he has compassion for us so if 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 the lord has compassion for me and i don't have compassion for me then guess who's wrong <laughs> you know i think if if god and i disagree i'm i'm probably the one who's wrong you know so so i really look at self-compassion as at its at its core level it's imitation of christ so um it's taking on his mind towards myself and his his heart towards myself and so when we do that when when we have that stance of self-compassion then compassion becomes our mode it's our that's the mode we're operating out of right and so if i'm operating out of a mode of compassion <clears throat> because my you know probably the majority of our of us throughout the day the person who's talking to us the most throughout the day that we're <laughs> is our self-talk right <laughs> no matter no matter who else is talking to us on the outside we have this self-talk going on and so if my self-talk if my talk is one of self-compassion then probably what's coming out of my mouth is gonna, it's going to have a greater chance of coming out of compassion as well so it really um it really is how compassion becomes kind of our default mode or our our kind of automatic mm -hmm. mode of operation is when it has to start from a place of self-compassion. So this then helps us to deepen our personal relationship and our inner interpersonal relationships in wholeness with, with God. And we actually imitate uh, the Lord's compassion. And that's a wonderful, wonderful thing. And so this all connects up to the cooperating with grace in deciding and working on and receiving from the Lord the gift of holiness of life and health and healthiness of life. That's right. So, mm -hmm. I was just gonna, I was going yeah, I was just going to add to that is that it doesn't just become our mode of operating. Self-compassion just doesn't become my mode of operating and then compassion, my mode of operating towards others, but it actually becomes our mode of reception as well. Right. Because St. Thomas Aquinas says, what's received is received according to the mode of the receiver. So if my mode is one of compassion, even if somebody has to, to say something difficult towards, you know, to me, um, that's maybe challenging, um, calling me on about something or, or challenging, you know, something that they think I need to be doing differently or, or something, I'll be able to re receive it from a mode of compassion. If compassion is, is in fact my mode. Well, thank you. And can we kind of end this up by you telling us a little bit about what your plans are as far as uh, 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 retreats and things like that, what you're doing in Sacred Heart, Sacred Heart Healing Ministries of Healing, things like that. Can you say what you're really involved in for us? Sure. So um, my, my practice is sacredhearthealingministries.com. And um, that's the, that's the website, sacredhearthealingministries.com. Um, at this point, particularly doing um, intensive trauma therapy, do a one-week program. So people tend to come to me from, you know, even out of state, out of the country. 
um, because they can come most typically for five days. And there's more information on that on the website. But one of the things that I'm the most excited about is the healing retreats that you and I are starting to do. And there will be information as those um, as the information gets updated. It will be available on the website for people to register for those as well. And, and even if there are parishes or, or groups who want us to come do healing retreats, they can contact me via my email address, margaret at sacredhearthealingministries.com. And then the, the most recent thing having to do with this specific conversation that we're having about connection is the book that, um, that I just released at the beginning of December of 2021, Fearless. And it, it goes through and it really breaks down these areas of connection. And I was really excited to write that and to be able to release it because over the 16 years of doing intensive trauma work and noticing that these four core areas of connection are really the areas of um, where woundedness happens, but also really the areas of um, of health and of wholeness and holiness. Um, I was really excited to be able to put that in a book form, you know, and the, the way it's written is kind of really lends itself to people being able to go through it individually. And it kind of can be a jump starter for like, even like a holy hour or prayer time, or it could also be used in small groups to facilitate sharing and, and really kind of hoping to foster this culture of connection between people in groups. If, if they choose to go through this book and begin to have a common understanding of how to relate to each other out of a a whole and a holy way of relating. So that book is called Fearless, and that's on Amazon. Well, thank you very much, Margaret. It's always a joy to work with you in these things. I've been learning so much. So may God bless you and uh, reward your efforts in every possible way. So well, let's end up with a little prayer. We thank you, Father, for your tender mercy and compassion that is revealed through the pierced heart of your son. And we thank you for your love and care. We thank you especially for all the ways in which you work in our lives and the fact that you so much want us to be united to you in a very beautiful and a wonderful way. And so we pray these graces in and through your son, our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. The opinions on this broadcast are those of Father Tickerhoof. Thanks so much for listening to this podcast, and please share this podcast with a friend. And to contact Father David, email him at frdavidjt at gmail.com. And be sure to leave Father a star rating on any podcast app. You can find more information about Father David on evangelizingcatholicculturepodcast.com.